T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It is a final from American Family Field, and the results are not good as the Brewers fall in 10-2-1. Welcome, everybody. It is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. There's Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen, and, uh, yeah, they fall 2-1. to one. As uh, you had opportunities late in this ball game to win this baseball game, so I figured to be a good night to just talk about fantasy football and your upcoming draft. And, and we can talk about how you, <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. Okay. So this is, this is going to be uh, coming to the forefront here uh, within the conversation and the narrative on the show tonight. And it's going to be situational baseball table set in the ninth inning. What would you have done? What would you have done? Here we go again. We're going to talk about a lack of offense. So what do you do to try and score runs? You do something a little bit different, or do you hang in there? You hang tough. I'm still a little bit patient, but I would tinker, as as you guys know, I would tinker with a little situational ball. That's that's going to be a, a coined phrase for me. Not small ball. It's not bunting. It's not anything of, of the sort. It's situational baseball. How to get a runner over, how to go with a plan of attack of just running wild on a team like the Padres did on the Brewers last night, stealing six six bags. It's situational baseball, and it's knowing your roster. It's situational baseball. It's knowing the geography of the game at that point. Uh, Want to get your reaction here. A, another wasted performance. This time uh, it wasn't uh, Woodruff or Burns. It was Eric Lauer. Wasted six innings, just a single run given up. That's it. Boxberger, Williams, Hader, seventh, eighth, and ninth. You're in a position to win the game. Bottom of the ninth inning. Here we go. Here it comes. Uh, Anti bunters, unite, form your little circle, and do a little seance here because now you're, you're going to call us all dumb, but I'm, I'm prepared for it. I will shield myself from it. I will go up and, and, uh, and fight that good fight about situational baseball. Ninth inning, Lorenzo Cain, leadoff base hit. 
Christian Yelich, a walk, tie game, 1-1, give me a run, and we're done. Manny Pena comes to the plate. How do you play it? How do you play it right there? 414-799-1250. Keston Hira on deck and Travis Shaw after him. Manny Pena inside the batter's box. It's Manny Pena inside the batter's box. Now, I don't know how good a bunner he is. Seems to be okay. Seems to be a guy that can handle himself around the game of baseball. But the, it's, it's not Omar Narvaez, good hitter. It's not even Avi Garcia. It's not Christian Yelich. It's not Colton Wong. You're not asking those guys to bunt. This is Manny Pena. Again, I cannot get over it. Give it a try. Find, find ways to score runs. We're going to have to. This is a quote from Craig Council. We're going to have to find ways to score runs. That's his quote. That's not my quote. That's his. We're going to have to find ways to score more runs. Well, how do you do that? Continually doing the same thing over and over and over again. And those of you that, uh, those of you that think uh, situational baseball is archaic, it's antiquated, you're just wrong. You're wrong because Brian Snitker doesn't believe that. He's a big league manager. Mike Schilt doesn't believe that. He's a big league manager. Jace Tingler doesn't believe that. He's a big league manager. Craig Council believes that, doesn't he? He believes the the situational game of baseball is so antiquated. I'm not doing anything. No, that's just the wrong way to go. That's clearly what Craig Council thinks. Unless, and again, I'll be fair about this. Maybe internally, Manny Pena is is a horrible bunner. And Manny Pena has been known to come up with a little clutch in him. I'll give you that. But how would you have played that ninth inning? And again, you could actually make the argument in the 10th inning that you could have played a little situational baseball there. Do you put a play on? Do you do you have Bradley Jr.? Do you have him lay one down? Do you what do you do there in the tenth? You had runners at the corners with nobody out. You can't get a run home. Now, uh, Bradley Jr. did strike the ball pretty decent. That's one of the reasons why Keston was thrown out at the plate. We're talking about the tenth inning. I think this game was lost in the ninth inning, not the tenth inning. In the 10th inning, you could make the argument that there was actually a better situation. 414-799-1250 as the Brewers fall 2-1-10. to one in 10. And this goes into the list here. It's been a week, so I guess they've been doing a little bit better in not wasting good pitching performances. Last one was uh, a week ago on the 19th. That was Corbin Burns. Had a nice performance wasted. All right, 799-1250. I, I don't know if there's any sense going into the full recap here um I I guess it, I, just because it's Eric Lauer why don't we have why don't we have Eric Lauer with a bat in his hand and let's just for fun just for for 
just for some happiness and some smiles, Eric Lauer not only pitched well, but he tied the ball game up going yard tonight. That's what he did. You can play. Shoot. Lauer, high fly, deep left center field. Fam is back on the warning track. Jabs gone! Another pitcher bomb for the Brewers. This time it's Eric Lauer. Tie game. Yeah. Who needs a D8? Come on. I didn't know if we were well, allowed to have anything uh, positive tonight. On Bally Sports Wisconsin. Just just uh, Jeff Levering on that call. I really like him on TV, too. All right, 414-799-1250. Where are we going to start here, Evan? Ron on the south side, you are first up. How do you play the ninth? And you can talk about the tenth, too. How would you have played the ninth? First and second, Manny Pena with a bat in his hand, nobody out. You score a run, you win a baseball game, and a big baseball game. Ron, go ahead. Well, I've called the show many enough times over the years that you know I'm a traditionalist I'm not an idiot I I believe in the bunt I believe in walking uh, intentional walks things that that Craig Council doesn't believe in yeah Manny Pena should be bunting there but you know you shouldn't have even had to bring in a backup catcher except for the fact that you know the catcher that you have is a loafer and he proved that last night loafing after a ball in the seventh inning and not blocking anything in addition to getting run all over. So, I, I mean, that's a whole the, the, that's a whole other thing. But obviously you bunt in the ninth inning. And in the ninth inning, um, all your hitters should pretty much be lined up and forced to run laps around Miller Park until dawn. <laughs> because dude threw 20-something sliders in a row. You knew what was coming. If you go back and watch the video, okay, mm-hmm. Probably a third of those were maybe in the strike zone. Yep, and the yep. one that was down the middle was the one Keston Hira didn't swing at. <laughs> uh, it's inexplicable. And, and, and I have no, no words for it. The other thing, the overriding, overarching thing that I've been convinced of over the last couple weeks is this, though. The Brewers have built their offense for the next several years, really, if you look at the contract situation and everything else, around the idea that Keston Hira and Christian Yelich are major league hitters, they're not. Not at the moment. Not for not since the beginning of the 2020 season. And quite frankly, will they ever put up the numbers that you think they could again? Uh, Andy Haynes has to go first and foremost. You, you cannot have mm-hmm. this big a failure of he should have gone at the end of 2020. You should have been able to see the writing on the wall. And, yeah, you wouldn't even have to worry about situational hitting in a game like this because you might have had some other offense. Yep, That's there you go. Ron, oh, always a pleasure, man. It's great hearing yeah. from you. And I I, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. The, the, the pitcher was wild in that ninth inning. Lorenzo Cain, heavy, deep count, got a base hit. Deep count, heavy heavy pitch load on Christian Yelich. He draws a walk, up and in to Manny Pena in the in the first in the, on the on the first pitch of the sequence. Relax, show some patience. This guy's gonna he's not anywhere really consistently in the zone here. Relax, Manny. Nope. Swing, swing. Look at Keston. Swing, swing, swing. 
Everyone just show some patience here. That, to me, is uh, pretty glaring here. And you can see the difference in the veteran style of, of a guy like uh, Lorenzo Cain and a guy like Keston Hira. You know, they compare the two. Look at Machado, just boom, just fouling off Suter and fouling him off again and spoiling another good bit. That, that's a graduation step for an offense. Uh, that's a graduation step uh, and a benchmark uh, turning in the corner for a big league hitter. It is. But still, when, when, I, when I have to hear Craig Council say, quote, we're going to have to find more ways to – we're going to have to find ways to score more runs, end quote. We're going to have to find ways to score more runs. Find ways. There's two key words in that, in that comment. Well, you had an opportunity to find one here. You had a couple of opportunities. All right, Nate. Nate, you're next. Uh, go ahead. You're on the fan. Uh, how are we doing this evening? Um, yeah, let's just get to it. Um, yeah, that ninth inning was, I was sitting in my chair, rocking back and forth, just sitting here, like, hoping and praying that somebody took the bat out of Manny, Manny, Manny Payne's hands because, like, I don't understand what they were seeing. I don't know if I was watching a recorded game, um, like Ryan said. I don't know if they were seeing that the slider that he was throwing was just wild and out of the zone, um, and that they just didn't care or everybody wants to be the hero. But that's one thing I would have did. The second thing I would have did is um, I would have, uh, I would definitely would have uh, bunny with Keston here um, because after at that point it's like. Well, we gotta we gotta try to win. We got the best chance to win the game at this point in time. Why not take that chance? You know what I mean. So I would have definitely did that and took the chances with Travis Shaw hit trying to hit something. Um, hit it if, but I would feel like if the bases was loaded, it would be a whole different story. If Manny Pena would have just showed a little bit more patience, mm-hmm. it it would have been it because he would. He would have had to throw Kessler here on fastball. He would have had to. He would. He would. He wouldn't have been able to keep throwing that slider, and uh, the wild, the, as wild as he did. And then I have a problem with the tenth inning because the tenth inning, it's just like, what are we doing out there? Like, did, did we? Well, the tenth inning, the Nate. I, I will say this: the tenth inning, you 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 did have an opportunity. I'll keep you here. You did have an opportunity to play some situational baseball right there, and and here's how. Oh yeah, definitely. Did. If, if if you wanted to go ahead with JBJ, and lay down a bunt, a drag, the key to that was going to be Adamus at first. He needed to be notified, dude. You need to get to third after this play is done. Whatever happens here, you've got to round second hard, and you've got to get to third. If there's an out recorded at the plate, whatever might happen, but you gotta you gotta move around second base. That would have been the key there. Now, now you again, there are two different situations here. It's the ninth inning, first and second, nobody out. It's the tenth inning, first and third, nobody out. There was two opportunities here to play situational baseball, and according to Council's words, find ways to score more runs. And honestly, Kester here has to get a bigger lead. The lead that he had was that—that that was nothing. 
you're not going to score on anything hit hard if you don't get a bigger lead than that. And honestly, I was, I would have sent Adamus on uh, as soon as he got on base. I would have just said, get on base, the first pitch, run. First pitch, let's go. I agree with that. See, again, that's situational baseball. That's that's because doing. Then you put Caratini in a bad spot. If he throws that ball, Kessler here is gone. Yep. So he yep. has no choice but to hold the ball. Keston not blessed JBJ with great speed. That, and then when JBJ hits that uh, hard, they go back into normal uh, infield infield death. Um, and when JBJ hits that ball, it might it might sneak through because. They they were they were middle in. They that's the only reason why he made that play. They were middle in. He yeah, and and it was it, you know we're supposed to be okay with the contact play. I've always had uh, the longtime listeners. Nate, I got to turn you loose. Uh, I you know yeah. I've always had a, a problem uh, with the contact play for many many years. I understand it exists, and I'm not as. Uh, as as charged up over the contact play as I am over situational baseball. Um, let's go to Mike listening on the Odyssey app in uh, Wausau. Is that right? Yeah, Mike, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hey, first off, I got to say, man, thank you for all that you do. I absolutely love this postgame show. Every Brewer game, man, I'm listening. You're my therapy when they lose. And, man, tonight, oh. Uh, I appreciate it, Mike. And, you know, that contact play, man, it never works. Hardly ever, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, we've been, I remember years ago, a decade ago, just, just griping about the contact play. But you had an opportunity there. Now, really, the key is here, Mike, real quick, the ninth inning, would you have bunted Manny Pena? By the way, his name is Manny Pena. I like him. Don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm picking on him. No. Everything has a pecking order, including your offense on your team. They're not all the same. They're not all the same on a baseball team. Some are named Christian Yelich. You're not going to ask him to do certain things. But others are named Manny Pena. Manny Pena is going to wake up tomorrow being Manny Pena. Sorry, Mike. No, one million percent. I would have bunted him. You know what, though? I had a problem with... Narvaez getting taken out. He's one of our best bats. Wouldn't you rather yep. had Narvaez in that situation over Pena? <laughs> no question about it. I Man. wondered the same thing. You're you're taking out like a three and a quarter, uh, three twenty five hitter, uh, just simply because there's a lefty on the mound. Yeah, Ooh, I'm, I'm afraid. It's a boneheaded move. Like man, like he's one of our best hitters. Like we can't hit. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Lauer for uh, throwing a hell of a game and also producing the only run or we would have got shut out oh and fire would have been yep yep hey mike thanks for the kind words i appreciate you listening yeah it's the odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y you can download it it's free and you can you can catch us whenever signals good all the time all right evan's telling me we got to take a break i want to know what you guys would have done first and second nobody out in the bottom of the ninth inning in a tie ball game at home that's the situation the Brewers were in tonight. Okay, the other question, first and third, nobody out. Down one in the bottom of the 10th inning. How do you play that? A little situational baseball, or do you just lean back, cross your arms, and watch a baseball game? 
It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. I'm sure Craig Council uh, is going to be asked about it. Well, I guess I'm not sure. But we're going to hear from Craig Council coming up. Eric Lauer, Mike's right, Eric Lauer, brilliant performance tonight. Six innings, one run against a very good San Diego Padre team. We'll be right back. Two to one, Brewers fall in 10. It's 12.50 a.m. The Fan and Odyssey Station. Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan, call Tim Allen now at 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 1250AMTheFan. Tough loss, tough, 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 tough pill to swallow tonight, that's for sure. Two to one in 10 innings. Welcome back. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show with our friends at Great Lakes Dragway and you guys at 414-799-1250. Talking about what you guys would have done in the ninth inning or tenth inning. Time to talk a little situational baseball with you guys. This isn't the, this isn't the casual uh, fan conversation tonight. That's not what this is. This isn't wait till Prince Fielder hits a three-run home run and we all celebrate a 6-2 to victory. This isn't uh, Yelich hitting a grand slam. This is situational baseball. It's a struggling offense. It's a, it's a manager that had said we need to find ways to score more runs. You had opportunities in the ninth and 10th. And I will double down on this. And I don't care who I anger on this, whether it's uh, a- analytical pros, general managers, managers, broadcasters, writers. I don't care. Who I anger in this. I really don't. When you say situational baseball is a thing of the past, you are wrong. 100% wrong. Situational baseball is what baseball is all about. That's what makes this game so great. Is that there are these chess matches where you're moving some pieces and you're making changes and you're doing this, that, and the other thing. And then, whoa, you did what? That's what baseball, that's the essence of baseball. So when, when these guys try to snow job you into, into um, telling you you're supposed to like a game, that is released in their mind, don't buy it. Don't buy it for a second. Some managers are bigger believers in situational baseball. Some aren't. That's okay. That's part of the essence and the love affair that we all have with this game. It's all set up. All the way from the first pitch because you're throwing numbers down. What kind of pitch should I throw? They're all situations. I love this game because of it. And for those that tell you that's a thing of the past, it's antiquated, it's fossilized baseball, they're wrong. Just saying. I'm not saying that all managers would have bunted Manny Pena tonight. I'm not saying all managers would have uh, had William Adamas steal. Go on the first move in the 10th inning. Or JBJ lay down a bunt. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying some managers would have. That's the point. The point is we've seen it 
right here in town against the Brewers. So I, I just it just bothers me when you try and recreate a game that you're seeing through your own eyes. It's just not this just not what baseball is. It's not. All right, let's let's get back to some more reaction and some ideas. Uh, we will start out with, uh, let's go to uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the fan. All right, do you bunt Manny Pena? Do you put a play on in the 10th? Your thoughts. Yes, yes, definitely you might. Because the team is still showing that their offense is terrible. I mean, the pitcher bailed them out tonight. But here's what's – and then I remember being on the defensive side of a man on first and third, and I really botched it. There's a lot of pressure they got to send uh, Adonis to second there and, and, and see what happens. But um, what I'm frustrated about, and, and that is, I no longer like seeing um, uh, man, I, I, um, the closer. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, um, Bader? In the ninth inning. I used to like that move, thinking, okay, he's going to go for the game. And then you watch what happened in the ninth inning, and you think, no, no, let's let's not put Josh Hader in there anymore unless it's a save situation because I, I just feel like he's being wasted there if you're not going to bunt. If you're not going to send a guy who's batting somewhere near 100, I don't know. But uh, yeah, All right, Mike, thank, thanks for the call. So you, so Mike would, Mike would have bunted as well. And, again, this isn't necessarily about the bunt. There's other things you can do. You can do a hit and run. You could do a straight steal. I mean, you could do a double steal in that situation with Pena with a bat in his hand. That's a little risky. But you've got Kane and Yelich, great base runners. You could do a double steal. Worst case scenario, you've got a man at uh, second base. Best case scenario, maybe they, they, it forces them to make a play. Now, I, granted, there's no guarantee that Manny gets the bunt down and it, and it's successful. And even if he does, it brings up a buck 50 hitter in Keston Hira. There's no guarantee that he's getting that ball in play with less than two outs and a man on third. So there's, again, these are all things we should love about the game. Instead, <laughs> we've got people telling us to hate that part of the game. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, Marshall, you're next at 414-799-1250. What do you well, do, ninth Tim, and tenth? Uh, we've sort of had this talk in the past. I'm, I'm as disheartened as you are tonight over this loss. Uh, we should have won this game, and there's others we could have said this about, but there's no question. I was saying to my brother tonight, let's bunt. I hope Pena's bunting, and I have access to San Diego to the San Diego broadcast. The, te- the, the announcers in San Diego were expecting it. They were worried sick about it. And I thought to myself, Tim, don't worry too much. You, you, you don't see us that much. And we we have a certain philosophy going on with this team that just is stubborn as heck right now. And uh, I unfortunately wasn't shocked, I was, but I was disappointed and hoping that we would bunt. Um, but a double steal, the idea of a double steal, you don't see that much anymore in baseball or, or in some teams, the hit and run. I mean, you have to have this. You cannot live, and the Brewers have proven, we're, we're up there still in home runs. God bless that, that in pitching. But we're wasting our pitching right now. Eric Lauer, great game tonight, mm-hmm. by the way. But uh, we're wasting so much this season. 
And I'm telling you, I'll just close on this, Tim, uh, because I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I'll close on this. If some things don't start to happen soon, the early June, this organization has to seriously think about how do we get some hitting, how do we make some changes. Yeah. I hate yeah. to say it, but uh, we're wasting a, a great pitching staff right now. You're, you're right on the money. Marshall, thanks for the Thank call. You. Always a pleasure. Great, great stuff. And he's right. But, I mean, I want, I want to get to that June 6th, 7th mark. I, that's where I want to be. And then, then we have to put end dates on certain things. Okay, then, then we have at least set the parameters at that time. For, for example, how low do you go with a JBJ how, in terms of batting average and on base? How low do you go with a Travis Shaw with his same thing, batting average on base? although he's been somewhat productive in, in the power numbers. How low do you go with it, uh, Lorenzo Cain? All questions that I think are fair to come up with in early June. We're getting close to that. What is it? If it was 152 and a mess of strikeouts for Keston Hira when he was sent down, well, what is it for JBJ? Better, better track record? Okay, I get it. A little bit of a track record there with JBJ. But I'm just saying, if it's June 7th and JBJ continues to spiral downward, what do we set a parameter at 125? <laughs> do, we, do we set a pra- 132? I mean, what, so, Marshall, you're right. It's going to have to be addressed if it continues. And we'll see. I still think they're going to break out of it a little bit. But in the meantime, you're you're – afforded these opportunities like this and putting pressure on those guys to make a play. You're keeping the line moving. You're getting guys on base. And then as soon as the game is right there for you, and it doesn't even require a bunch of hits, it really doesn't. That is balls in play, just situational things. You get a win. You get a victory tonight. Uh, let's see. Seven, nine, nine, 1250. Um, big Ron. Is that right? Yeah. Big Ron, you're on the fan. What's going on? Well, Tim, I, I agree with you. I would have bunted Pena there. You know, I don't know if I would do any hit and runs with our inability to make any True. kind of contact. Um, but really what I wanted to point out is what I don't like with this new extra innings rule with the player on second base. I don't like the way Council is playing this in the late innings with his pitching staff in a tie game. He's sending – Devin Williams out there in the eighth, and Hader out there in the ninth, and then sending you know a less talented reliever, situational reliever out there in the tenth mm-hmm. when, when there's the, the man on second, and it requires perfection. You can't allow a hit. You want your strikeout pitchers like Devin Williams and Hader in there in the tenth and the eleventh, um, and that's if you notice that's what the Padres did. They had their closer in there in the tenth. They weren't pitching him in the ninth like we were. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and this is the third um, extra inning loss this year that we suffered because we've wasted Williams and Hader in the eighth and the ninth in a tie to ball game. Get to the tenth, to get to the tenth, and I get I get your point, Ron. To to yeah. get to the tenth, which is a, a a higher leverage situation. What what's I mean, the higher leverage? The eighth and the, the ninth are higher leverage. No, the tenth is. The 10th yeah, is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So put in yeah, Scooter I... in the eighth. Put in someone else in the ninth, and save you know Williams for the or save Hater for the tenth, and then put in Williams in the eleventh. You know because you need perfection with that guy on second base. Well, I I will say it's handled a little bit differently when you're when you're on the road. So that's why Tingler handled that a little bit different. Once he had the lead, then he goes to his lock-in, lock-in guy. All right, that's all I got for you tonight. Okay, Tim. all right, all right, th- thank you. 799-1250. No, I, I get it, but, you know, I, I am sort of a believer in you got to get there first. You, I mean, you just do. Your opportunity were bottom of the ninth, first and second, nobody out. Bottom of the tenth, first and third, Nobody out. Gosh, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Ay, ay, ay. What's the date today? Can we get to June quick? What's the date? 26th today? Evan, your thoughts real quick before the break. We will take some more calls, uh, your reaction here on uh, what would you have done? And this is a big loss, guys. This, I mean, the, the, best, the best you're going to do is uh, you need a win to, to split the series. You'd have been driver's seat mode. You get a run. You get a single run. You're in the driver's seat. But, Evan, what would you have done ninth and tenth innings? I, With how awful your offense has been, the fact that you had a couple of runners on to start the ninth inning, you have to take full advantage of that. I think even if it's not a double steal, because that is pretty risky, you run the risk of them throwing mm-hmm. out Kane at uh, at third, and then you have a runner at second and one out. And with this offense, you might as well be, I mean, just nobody near home plate. So I, I think that what they should have done is, like you said, bunt with Manny Pena because his name is Manny Pena. As much as I love Manny Pena, yep. Yep. he isn't the same bat that he was three years ago. He, well, he's just, I mean, what... I I don't know. It's just <laughs> I yeah, you need to take advantage of those runners because you just used Devin Williams and Josh Hader to get to that point in the ball game. Yes. And you have the chance to take your first lead and w- steal a game essentially when your pitcher was the only person to give you a run before that. Well, and I didn't like uh Freddie Peralta out there running around what was that? Pass. What I, I can, was I can that? tell you that. I don't know if that should have happened, but uh, I'd have to go back and really analyze exactly what the what the double switches were and what the what the situation was in that in that regard. But I mean, you're you're getting low on players. Then don't pinch hit a guy for Omar Narvaez simply right. because there's a lefty that comes in. And going back to that tenth inning, you got what you wanted. You had first and third, and at that point. You should have been stealing that guy from first. How many times did the the Padres do that yesterday? Yeah. And that's how they got their first run of the game or one of the first runs of the game was on that first to third play that they teach you in Little League that the Brewers couldn't get, by the way. So yeah. I you need to do something. What is the definition of insanity, Tim? Doing yeah. the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right now, this offense is staring at pitches right down the middle and can't catch up to a fastball that is right down the middle, and they expect it to just get better when they're not trying anything different. If your H- hanging, team is breaking balls, 
that bite a big chunk of the plate. They're just falling off, guys. It, it's been all year long. It's it's fastball center cut, and they're just following them. I mean, there's you know, pitch, pitches that should be – Evan, you're right. They, there should be heavy damage done on some of these. But Keston had a pitch today. That ball so should many. have still been in the air. Right. If we think that Keston is the hitter that he should be, that pitch should have been 450 feet past home plate. <laughs> yeah. But nothing. It, it seems like his timing is off. Yelich's timing is off. It is timing. It, it's timing for Keston for sure. I think I figured it out. I, it, it is timing. I get that people throw it a lot harder and there's more spin rates and people are using whatever substance you could possibly imagine on their fingers to make their 95-mile-an-hour cutter look like a slider. But you have to do something. If it's shortening up your swing, look at how Joey Votto has done his entire career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer because with two strikes, he choked up on the bat and went for contact. None of your players are doing that. You are swinging for the fences every single swing, and it is not working for you, so you have to try something different. Okay, and that's been my point for a few weeks. Just try it a time or two. It's almost never tried. You had a sacrifice bunt for the San Diego Padres in this baseball game tonight. Within the first seven batters of their offense, two of them squared to bunt. Don't tell me situational baseball is dead. It's not. It's alive and well. It's called baseball. (laughs) That's what it is. Baseball is the ultimate Team strategy sport. It sure is. And the Brewers are playing it like the analytics say with three true outcomes, a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. And that is the reason that they are not playing well. Yeah, and and they fall tonight 2-1 to one, the final. They waste another pitching performance. This one from lefty Eric Lauer, six innings, and just one Ernie give, uh, given up in, in this performance. I... Uh, I I, uh, I I like what we're seeing out of Eric Lauer. We're seeing a little, little more like what Eric Lauer uh, is and and what could be. So we'll we'll find out moving forward. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Take some more phone calls. We will get to Craig Council. Still a lot to get to. Frustrating loss tonight. We can point at the offense, and that's a tough one tonight. Ten innings, two to one. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway here on The Fan. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Our friends at Schulze Family Beef bring you Craig Council each and every night, and we'll get to him in a bit, but still want to get uh, some of your reaction here after this 2-1, 10-inning loss. It's uh, Tim Allen, there's there's Evan Heffelfinger, and yes, that is his name, by the way, his real name, not a, not a made-up radio name. 799-1250, let's go to Pete. Pete, you're next on the fan. How would you have played that ninth and 10th innings tonight? No, Pete? I guess not. I guess not. All right, so we'll go to Bill. Bill, how would you have played that out in the ninth and 10th? Oh, I'd have had Manny Bunt. No question about it. Just a comment I want to make about analytics. 
analytics is a fancy way of saying analyzing statistics. And some of that might work if you're an average hitting team, but this is a below-average hitting team. And the numbers they come up with don't compute. It's a situation. Ergo, as you say, situational baseball. And Manny Pena shouldn't even have been in the lineup at that point. You've got a, uh, another catcher that's hitting 120 points over Manny Pena, and just because of analytics, you take him out and put in Manny Pena. I'm really disgusted with this whole thing. The organization is really foundering. Thank you for taking right. my call. All right, thank thank you, Bill. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. Um, when you've got uh, <laughs> when you've got Randy Johnson facing, I don't know, pick a lefty that that was big time in his era. When when you have those two guys impacting a Brewers game in twenty twenty one because of analytics, lefty lefty, and that's why Omar doesn't get to bat. <laughs> because the numbers play well in the last 20 years, lefties have been uh, dramatically lower than good hitters are good hitters. And, and analytics, you're right, Bill, they do play a part in this and they're very helpful. And, and I believe in, in a, in a good chunk of them. I do. But some of those numbers are based on everything, but tonight, so I guess it's a it's a a, a tug of war. In in uh, the numbers prove out one thing, but that's doesn't it didn't prove it out in this one in this this situation does does it does it guarantee anything in this situation? I, I, situational baseball is the life's blood of the sport. So when. When someone says it's 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 a thing of the past, I just I just have a big problem with that. I do. I have a big problem with that. It didn't it didn't help tonight, did it? No, it did didn't help. Start with what we do know. Your analytics did not help. I mean, you could make the argument that there's no guarantees that you know you laid on a bunt or hit the other way or whatever, hit and run, double steal, whatever it might have been. There's no guarantees that'll work. But we don't know because because it's never <laughs> it's not being tried. I just think some excitement. You guys at at American Family Field tonight. You guys were feeling it, and I think that honestly, you know the the, the fan base is just. So supportive right now. They're getting all jazzed up on a huge strikeout uh, to Tatis tonight. Going crazy. Going crazy when Lauer hits a home run. Going crazy when you get the table set in the ninth inning and the tenth innings. And then you just you come away just shaking your head. Should we have tried something different? Well, that's. That's what, what's, uh, what's made this whole thing fun, is, is talking about it. What would you have done? 799-1250. Our buddy Todd there in Watertown. Todd, what's on your mind? Howdy, boys. Uh, yeah, yeah, Timmy, uh, we're on the same page. Uh, unfortunately, we could, uh, we could beat that, uh, that thing to death with, uh, uh, with the bunt. Um, I'm glad you brought up something I looking at my my notes here and that and and it really bugs me and if i if i may please 
you know, um, first off, you know, I've been I just been checking out the other uh, other teams in the past few days, and every week, you know, these other middle to better teams are gaining, you know, a one to three game edge over 500 per week. So, and we're we're just kind of barely treading water. So mm-hmm. it's like we're just we're just there, and I think we're so focused on ourselves that we're not seeing what everybody else is doing. And 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 they are playing the situational baseball, and and council it unfortunately is missing the boat on that. But one thing you brought up a little while ago that I super highlighted is is when after uh, Volabach uh, got on first base and they put in Freddie Peralta, I couldn't believe it's a peach one. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this going to be a Jimmy Nelson nightmare? I mean, why would you why would you do that? I, I just uh, I'm just, I'm kind of dumbfounded about the whole thing. It's risky. They're totally risky for a risk that didn't need to happen. It's just, uh, there's, there's too many, uh, just too many errors across, uh, across the board. It's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. After the fire eyes and the, and the masks and trade, it's like, you know, if these guys are barely treading water, uh, you know, at, at, uh, the All Star Game is uh, they going to get a kicking ransom for uh, for Hater and go? I, I don't know, but, but something something's got to give here to me. I, I don't I don't yeah. know, but uh, I'm yeah, just, and we're going to wait wait another week or ten days or so. Then we'll be at that that third mark. Not even that. Uh, less than ten days, you'll be at the third mark, and you can make some uh, better judgments on on this offense and on this team as a whole so far you're right thanks for the call Todd Uh, you're right they're holding their own they really are all things considered bad offense great pitching a bunch of injuries a bunch of bad luck let me address this too I I was accused I have to tow the company line or whatever whatever the uh, caller this morning said when I was on with no I don't have to do that uh, first of all, so s- secondly, um, they uh, there there's going to be a, a few things being analyzed here after a third of the season. The, there's no choice. You want to stay in this thing? You're going to have to find ways to score more runs. We all know what the problem is. They know what the problem is. Part of the problem, this is where I'm uh, being accused of towing the company line. Part of the problem is some bad luck here. It just is. Those of us that watch and those of you, most people that listen to this show, are are sort of hanging in the balance on on every inning, every pitch, every game, whatever. You guys know full well that this team has hit into maybe more hard outs than I've seen in a long time. And it, it takes me back a few years to, to Ryan Braun. When, it, you know, it, twice a night he's just shaking his head saying, what do I got to do here? Throwing his arms up, shaking his head, man. You scald a ball and, and you just you got nothing to show for it. There is a lot of that going on with these bats. You guys know it. You see it. You may not, may not have been taking inventory of it, or some don't want to admit it, but it's true. Evan, have you noticed that too? That uh, they're they're barreling up some balls and not getting anything for it, based on just location and just based on some great defensive plays by the opposition. I think it was uh, maybe two weeks ago. I think it was the series against the Braves at Miller Park. Uh, 
how many balls died on the warning track? Yep. And yep. just in tonight's game, Colton Wong hit a couple of rockets. JBJ, that ground ball in the 10th inning was a rocket. Travis uh, Shaw. In the ninth inning. To center. That was a yep. screaming line drive to center field that he dove for. It has just been like that every single game. I don't Seemingly. think there has been one game that they have had the luck at, or the te- uh, the opposing team hasn't made a diving or an incredible catch. I mean, and you can accuse us as just being, you know, showing some Brewer love and, and blind Brewer love, but that's not, the, that's not the case. That is part of this. It is because, you know, some of those balls get down. Yeah, we can always talk about, you know, game winners, but say it's the second or third inning with a couple of men on and one out and that ball gets down and gets through or gets to the wall. It opens up the floodgates and, you know, maybe things start clicking a little bit that tends to even out throughout a season. So keep your eyes on that too. And that's why I've been a little more patient on that offensive side, but it's coming, it's brewing. And I'm going to ask a lot of tough questions in the first week of June. And the question will, some of the questions or the, uh, uh, conceptually, it will be, how low do you go before you do something? Because they are continuing continuing to drop, guys, uh, in terms of numbers. These batting averages are just pretty pathetic. I mean, they are. I, I wish they weren't. But you're in the buck 50s. For my goodness. 157? Tim, do you for, want some for, some fun stats on this Wednesday I, I night? I do. I do. The Brewers have five qualified hitters this season. Five of them. Colton Wong is leading the way with a 268 average, which, okay, solid, not great, but not terrible. Considering, These days, pretty damn good. <laughs> considering Arcia led the team with a 260 average last season. Mm-hmm. Second is Avisayo Garcia at 245. Third is Luis Urias at 215. Fourth is Travis Shaw at 197. And fifth is Jackie Bradley Jr. at 155. Those are the five Brewers qualified hitters. 155 and 197. I mean, it's just a tough digestion and process of those numbers. It's so difficult to figure out. It's just, it's just, you can't put your finger on it. A horrible hitter should be like 221, shouldn't it? 219? <laughs> or at least a slow start, yeah. yeah. If they're not hitting 45 home runs like Chris Carter or Matt Reynolds, Mark Reynolds, something like that. Yeah. What do you do? Hang in there for now. All right, let's get to uh, Craig Council, see if he's going to shed some light. I know he's pretty pleased the way Eric Lauer threw the ball today, and he is going to be getting more and more uh, starts, I think, in the future as they lay off. Interesting thing Craig Council said earlier today also, uh, because of a six-man rotation at times, it's not we're, we're not ready to push the accelerator yet. So that tells me that come crunch time, a little bit later on this year, we're going full go. I wouldn't rule out a four-man rotation in late August and September. 
to get things done, depending on where they're at. So we'll see. Let's hear from Craig Council, as we always do, with Schulze Family Beef and uh, Sapella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, 10 inning, 2-1 to one loss. Here's the Brewers' skipper. Craig, is it kind of hard to believe just one run tonight, considering how many balls were struck well, like Shaw's in the ninth and uh, JBJ's in the tenth? Yeah, I mean, there were there was uh, there was there was more in there too, and and it was it just felt like we had a lid on it. They made some great defensive plays, um, so give them credit for that. Um, you know, the play by Cronenworth in the in the tenth was uh, that's an incredible play. Um, you know, that's probably the game right there. Really, it's it's, it's the type of play that change just changes the outcome of the game. So they. Uh, they, they, they played great defense and they uh, made plays and, and caught everything we hit. Craig, do you think Kest, did Keston get caught a little in between on that play at all? It didn't necessarily look full speed. Well, I think what happened, I think he got, he had to just, his momentum got stopped because of the, you know, nature. You don't want to get doubled off on a, if he catches that ball in the air, it wasn't like a pure ground ball. Um, so I, I think it, I think his momentum just got stopped enough where, um, you know, you, you don't get that great jump, but you know, he's got to go, you know, he has to go. If he doesn't go, it's, it's double play. Just the way Eric Lauer pitched tonight and particularly the way he kind of responded, even after the Homer, no signs of letdown, just what you saw from him out there. Well, he pitched, he pitched wonderful. I mean, I, I thought he was kind of getting better as the game was going really. Um, stuff got better. He, struggle with his command a little bit in the first, you know, really the first two hitters. And then he, he just got it going and, um, and pitched, pitched a wonderful game. Craig, uh, the ninth inning when you have two on and no outs, next guy pops up, next guy strikes out. I mean, those are the situations that have really hurt this offense all year, right? I mean, run, runner on second. Yeah. Get him yeah. Over. yeah, no, we, we, you know, we had, um, you know, we had some empty at bats there for sure. Um, you know, Keston had one earlier in the, in the with the pop up um, with the man on second, nobody out too. So it's those are, um, you know, just you know action there. Um, we needed it and didn't get it. So that that is that that is limiting for sure. Um, and it's just a it's a you know message that it's. The, the lineup is sequential and it has to be every out has to be, you know, a, a really hard one to get. Um, otherwise it makes it hard to score. Craig, second time you faced Paddock, um, he'd been on a little bit of a roll. What have you noticed different about him this time out? Well, I, I thought we swung the bats good. I thought we hit a bunch of balls hard. I thought there was a bunch of near misses on balls. So I, I, you know, I, um, you know, it, it was, there was low, it was a low pitch count. Um, but I, I was pleased with the way we swung the bat against them. Craig, Willie Adamas was another one who had a lot of hard contact today. Um, how, how close do you feel like he is, you know, just with that bats we've seen from him this series? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't term it as close. It's just, it's just having good at bats. It's just back, back just, solid at bats all night, not giving away any at bats, not giving in on any at bats. And you just, you do that enough and you're, 
you, you, you hope you get rewarded um, and you, you will get rewarded eventually, but it's, you know, that's what Willie's just, that's the kind of the message is just keep having solid at bats, consistent at bats, good at bats, tough at bats. Um, and that's how you get yourself in. A, that's what being in a good place is. Craig, one thing uh, Eric Lauer is showing you now is that he's a viable guy, isn't he? I mean, last year, you know, he had a couple of tough early outings and never recovered this year. He's pitching better each time out, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is important for sure. I think, you know, we still underst you still understand the depth is a big part of this. Um, he's pitching really well. Um, you know, we definitely take a notice of it for sure. Um and, it, you know, he's got a factor into this. Let's find out the play of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. On the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. On a good night uh, and a good note. Uh, Eric Lauer did his job. We're going to hear from the Brewers left-hander uh, in just a couple of minutes. Play the game. Well, it, it wasn't on the mound for Eric Lauer. It was him in the batter's box. Lauer, high fly, deep left center field. Fan is back on the warning track. Jobs gone! Another pitcher bomb for the Brewers. This time it's Eric Lauer. Tie game. Yeah. Who needs a D8? Come on. Yeah, 13,400 plus at American Family Field tonight. And uh, that has heard on uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin, Levering and Schroeder on the call right there. You know, I can't wait uh, until we, we can get a little bit deeper into the season where there's 25, 35, tonight's attendance, 34,902, whatever it is, I cannot wait because if, if 13,400 is going to sound like that, just wait until it's, it's uh, you know, more than, more than twice that, maybe triple that on certain games. So buckle in for that. I, I can't wait, but it is pretty cool to hear you guys all jazzed up uh, at the park tonight. 799-1250 if you want to join us. Uh, we didn't get any insight from council on the uh, situational game, but we did get some, as we discussed, uh, hard luck sort of ABs for this team as it continued tonight. We'll be back. Uh, Keston here and Eric Lauer on the other side here. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway here on The Fan. Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. Tough one tonight, 2-1 to one in 10 innings. Uh, let's squeeze in a couple of more calls here before we hear from Keston here. And the reason I'm starting out with Keston here... I, because um, I, I believe he is, you know, outside of Yelich, the most valuable offensive asset to keep our eyes on here moving forward. He he really needs to get back to doing what he really is, and and I'm uh, pretty confident he will. But uh, your your um, thoughts on the ninth and tenth innings uh, as the Brewers fall two to one in ten. Uh, Pete, I think uh, we do have a better sell or a better signal here. Pete, 
You're next here. Hello, on the fan. can you hear me this time? Yep, go ahead. All right. Council, some, we have to start looking to this manager. He's First of all, Pena should have been bunting then, or we should have been running. He keeps going out there day after day after day, and it's not working. He's afraid to try things. And this goes back to the playoff game last year where he had this great idea to insert Ryan Healy, who hadn't played all year as our cleanup hitter. Um, things like that, things that don't make any sense. Pinch hitting for Narvaez tonight. He's one of the few guys on the team who hits. He's 317. I turned. To my, I was at the game tonight. I turned to my brother and I go, I really hope that you know we don't need Narvaez in the ninth inning or anything. And what yeah. happens? Two guys on. It was Narvaez's spot to bat, and we had you know Manny Pena, who I mean, he is what he is. He's a great backup catcher, but you know. He just does our our second best hitter, Avi Garcia, didn't even get off the bench tonight. I mean, we used Peralta, which is another crazy move, and we we left Garcia on the bench all night long. You can tell can't tell me that there's not some point where we could have used Garcia. If you watch Council, guy gets three or four hits in a game. If the chart says he sits the next day, he sits. He won't. You know, he doesn't try to get anything going. And I'm just so frustrated. It's no, and I hear you. I agree with almost everything you said right there. Omar Narvaez should not have been pinch hit for in tonight's ball game. He should not. I don't care what the splits were. I don't care the lefty lefty. I don't care if he was 0 for 8 lifetime against that particular pitcher. He because it came back to get him, didn't it? You're right, Pete. It's a good point. You don't Great see the point. Padres pinch hitting for Tatis because you throw a right-hander out there and that. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, just, right. it's just crazy. And then, you know, and even David Stern and that. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, this whole thing with getting Adamas, you know, they handed the job to Urias. He had, what, two couple bad games where he had some errors, and all of a sudden he's no longer the shortstop. They started the year with a decent shortstop. Arcia hit 260 last year. And – They've just compounded all the problems. We had to decimate our bullpen, you know, to go and get Adamus, but now the bullpen is short without Fire Eisen and Rasmussen. I don't I just don't understand what this organization is where they're headed right now. They're a mess. Okay. Th- thanks for the call. And it does seem a little messy. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. It does seem a little messy at times. But I, I wouldn't define it as that at at this point. It is, uh, no question, a very challenging year for many, many reasons so far. But it's a 24 and 25 mark. I mean, it's, it's not the end of the world here. Let's hold off a little bit. Are there some issues? For sure. No doubt. Uh, Wendell, you're next on the fan. How about that ninth and tenth innings? How would you have handled that? Um, the whole hit behind the runner thing and situational baseball in Japanese ball, they don't ask you if you want to do that <laughs> as a player. You either do that or you don't play, period. Yep. They don't, they, don't, they don't ask you if you want to practice that. You practice in that all the time. They're not. None of baseball is. They're in love with the two-run homer. I, for the life of me, don't understand why organizations like the Brewers, Pittsburgh, Oakland, don't play this kind of ball from their minor league system all the way through. Mm-hmm. They can't compete um, with, with, the, with the big teams 
this is how you have to win. I remember, Wendell, and I'll keep you here to discuss this. I remember uh, many years ago, one of the uh, early interviews with Colton Wong as he came up in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. So they had him up at Bush Stadium after he signed. He was a high draft choice and the whole deal, and you get to do a little BP and meet some guys. And you know, they were taking some infield, and he was turning some double plays. And after a couple um, the, the infield coach came out there and said, dude, here's, here's the deal. We don't do it this way in St. Louis. We don't, we, that, that's not the way we do this in St. Louis. And, and they, they immediately, that was an organizational decision right there. And it was a pretty interesting, interesting con- uh, conversation that I heard Colton Wong have. And again, this is, you know, 10 years ago or so, maybe more. But I find it interesting that people say that these guys can't bunt. Well, it's because you didn't start teaching them when they were at rookie ball. Right. And, and I don't understand why a 160-pound second baseman is doing launch angle swings when he's never hit 10 home runs in his life in a year. <laughs> so why are you swinging like that? You don't yep. hit 200. You're not a great hitter. Why are you not bunting that, putting that ball on the ground more often? Just contact, just bat-to-ball skills. Bat-to-ball right. skills, I, th- I think, are just lacking. And I know pitchers are tougher. I know the, the shift is, is biting uh, a lot of numbers. There's, there's no question there. But, but still, I mean, it, it, this situation, there were two situations here where yeah, I would have thought of doing something a little bit different here because my offense has not been good this year. Uh, you know, the shift? It's like the blitz in football when the, when, the, when, the, when the defense has all those players up at the line of scrimmage. It's a gamble defense that got a hole, got holes in it. If you exploit that, they can't touch you. Yep. Slap one where the infielders ain't, you could run all day. Yep. Wendell, great stuff, man. Don't be a stranger. Thanks for the call. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's right. And, and again, I, I mean, the game is and has changed. Uh, we acknowledge that. We do, but I find it hard to believe, again, that the numbers are being followed to the point where simply because a lefty came in in the seventh inning, you took out your best hitter. And then it spun all the way around to that same slot, that same position in the batting lineup, came up with the game on the line. I feel pretty confident. With Omar Narvaez uh, at, at at the dish, and uh, Kane at second, Yelich at first, and nobody out. Ain't no way I'm calling a bunt there. See how it's different? That's the that's a different situation. Manny Pena, he's not Omar Narvaez. He's he's Manny Pena. I don't know. I I don't want to beat the dead horse, but uh, we we. Uh, we lit this fuse a few weeks ago, Evan, and we will take full credit because it just spiraled around the market and it just swirled and everybody, all the talk shows and articles were all about, you know, bunting and situational baseball. Well, we just lit that fuse again, and I'm proud to do that. I'll, I'll do it every night if I have to. We took a lot of flack for taking oh. that stance. <laughs> for sure. And- Part of me feels like I am turning my back on my statistics brethren. But statistics don't tell the entire story. You have to 
think about the human impact in a sport like this. This isn't MLB the show. This is MLB real life. And things are different than what they say on paper. It it is this these situations tonight, in my opinion, have very little to do, very little to do, with statistical metrics from three years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go it's, back and watch a game from like 2011 and compare it to what you watch now. It is a different game, completely. And, and why is that? I, I think it is launch angle. It's advanced pitching statistics and analytics and trying to figure out how to maximize the spin rate on a ball mm-hmm. or whatever. We didn't have yep. that 10 years ago. No. And no. I think players were more focused on contact instead of home runs. They And... I part of the uh, that I get the more home runs you have probably the more you're going to make an arbitration more money yeah all of yep. that but I mean Arcia tried to hit a ton of home runs and look where that has left him if he had just tried to hit the baseball flat I think he'd still be the starting shortstop right now yeah and we always hear uh, Orlando Arcia was good when he focused on middle and away uh, the, the he barreled up more it was just a better approach for him it might be, and again, that offense is down around the league. Might be just a perfect storm of a number of different things. As you said, these pitching labs, if you can increase that spin rate a little bit on this particular pitch, oh, man, you're going to get more outs, uh, thus nullifying some of the offensive numbers. The shifts, now they're, utilize these, they're utilizing these shifts to do amazing things. In, in, in particular, um, those spray charts are just those, you got to believe in them. And they, they, they don't lie either. So I don't, I don't blame the shifting necessarily, but it's part of the perfect storm. Bigger, stronger, faster human beings playing this game. That's part of this perfect storm. The long launch angle, everyone trying to hit the ball as hard as they can. It's almost like we're all in a contest to get the, 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 the biggest exit velo on the board. And then, then you can, I don't know, if it's a, a badge of honor among the brotherhood of, of baseball players, maybe. All of these things that may, just might be coming into play here where they're all hitting at the same time, creating a major offensive disturbance. And so uh, that's... You know, people ask me all the time, why is the offense so bad? Why is the offense not just here, but but around the league? It is, you know, uh, somewhat challenging for a lot of teams. And that's all, that's all I can say. There's a number of factors here. But when does, when does now the offense readjust to those things? That would be my question. So it's a game of adjustments. It's a game of situations. When does, does the uh, offense readjust to what they're seeing? Or are they just overmanned or overmatched, I should say? Because that is not a good situation. If the offense is just acquiescing and saying, you know, this part of the game, we can't do much more because of all these factors. Pitching labs and spin rate and bigger, stronger and shifts and launch, you know, launch angle is maybe it's 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 time to us 
to level out the swing a little bit. And hmm, here's a novel idea. Put the bat on the ball. Hit, hit line drives. Go line drives, middle and away. See what they do with your pull shift. Lefties especially. Go middle and away. See what they do with your pull shift. And lay off those pitches that you know they're pitching you into that shift. So maybe it's time for the offense to adjust. <clears throat> and it's time for Keston Hira to adjust too. And this this is pretty important for this offense moving forward. Uh, you know, he, he is um, – He's a huge part of part of this offense for the next handful of years. He just is. I thought he played some pretty solid defense tonight, flying under the radar. He had a lot of plays at first. He made every one. Let's hear from the Brewers' first baseman, Keston Hira. Keston, can you tell us about um, the, the play at third, when you're at third um, and Bradley scorches that ball to the second baseman? Did you have to sort of pause there? Counts thought maybe you had to pause to see if he was going to catch it. Yeah, in that situation, um, you know, he's playing kind of in. Uh, so that kind of indicates that the hard ball hit at him. Um, he's probably going to be coming up throwing home. Um, now, <laughs> Jack, he scorched that ball to him, and he made an unreal diving play. And at that point, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you hit a hard, so you, can't, you have to make sure it's on the ground, obviously. Two, um, you make a diving play, you, know, you don't expect him to go home. But um, – so, you know, I went off the bat, and then uh, in a different case scenario, you know, if it was right at him, he throws it home. You know, I try getting a rundown, maybe get in, get the runners in second and third. But uh, you know, Cronenworth made a great play. You know, diving after that ball and, and stealing a hit and, and saving that run. So, definitely a weird play. Kested that that happened to you guys a few times tonight, hitting the ball right on the screws and making that. You know, Travis had that last ball in the ninth too. The frustrations of that must be pretty high right now. Yeah, I think, you know, the whole night, you know, putting up quality at bats, um, squaring up the balls, which you can really ask for, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of their players are positioned, you know, well against us and uh, made some great plays. So, um, you know, they'll fall eventually. And, uh, you know, all you got to do is, you know, keep bearing those balls and, and they'll find those holes. So, um, but yeah, no, I know it's always frustrating, you know, when you square up a ball and it's right at someone. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you, you're – you're doing what you can, and I think you just got to tip your cap. Hey, Kasten, maybe a weird question to ask you because I think you had like a 10 pitch uh, at bat against the guy, but um, it seemed like Paddock ended with a pretty low pitch count for the innings that he was out there for. Was the plan or strategy to kind of just uh, maybe jump him a little bit early or kind of just swing early and counts against him? Uh, I mean, you know, I think he pounded the zone pretty well, and you know, when you're pounding a guy pounding the zone, you want to put um, some good swings on it. So, and we were able to do that as well. So, um, you know, obviously he's doing it getting ahead early in the count and, you know, when you're swinging at pitches and getting out uh, early in the count, that pitch count's going to be low. So, um, like I said, it just, you got to keep focus on putting on quality bats, quality swings on, on good pitches and, um, you know, go from there. Yes, and I know it's only been a few games, but how do you assess kind of your at-bats and how you're seeing the ball as you come back to the yeah, I mean, so far, um, you know, I've been you know pretty happy with all my backs, except for obviously that last one. Um, I've seen the ball pretty well, making good decision on pitches. Uh, you know, I think just that last one uh, got away from my approach and um, kind of the situation. So I uh, just got to be better at the end of the day um, on that case. But um, for the most part, you know, I'm seeing the ball um, pretty well and uh, just got to execute by putting good swings on it. 
There he is, Keston Hira, and just keep working on it. Keep working on it because you're at the big league level now to work on it. Uh, your batting average, don't worry about that, Keston. you got a lot of buddies right there with you. So they can't single you out. They can't. Oh, yes, they did. They sent him down. Is that what they did? Yes, they did. They they sent Keston Hira down. Um, maybe it's going to help. And and it certainly uh, certainly his performance at AAA Nashville uh, may have been an indicator that, that it's going to help. So let's keep our eyes on Keston's offense moving forward. But I thought he played a hell of a defensive game tonight, too, flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, on the mound, Eric Lauer, uh, you're going to see him a little bit more and more. And I, uh, I got to say, he's having a decent year. I mean, when you, when you collectively look at what he's doing, seemingly getting a little bit better as the season moves along. It's pretty important as well. If they're going to go with a six-man or, uh, you know, heaven forbid, there's a, there's another injury or something, um, you know, he can step in. Uh, whereas before it was a Josh Lindblom that would step in. Uh, Bettinger stepped in for a start. You feel a little bit better about Eric Lauer, especially after a performance like this. Six innings of one-run ball, punched out uh, six San Diego Padres. Let's hear from the Brewers' left-hander. Eric, it's it's hard to know what to talk to you about your pitching or your home run. <laughs> Let's talk about Either the or. first. Let's talk about the pitching first. You can brag about your home run later. <laughs> you give up a run to the first guy. The first guy scores, bam, and then no more. You pitch great after that. How'd you feel? Uh, really good. I think after that first inning, I was able to calm down pretty nicely. I think a lot of that had to do with just like the antsiness and the excitement of facing my old team and everything. So uh, it was really a matter of just chilling out a little bit. Eric, Eric should... oh, go ahead, Adam. Well, I was, sorry, so I was just going to follow up on that because we heard, I think, from Woody, he homered in the NLCS a couple years ago and Hauser earlier, it can be hard to calm down and chill out after you hit a homer. How, how key was that? And how did you get the breathing back down after that? Uh, I took a little walk. <laughs> I definitely like let it soak in a little bit. And then I took a little walk. Hookie was telling me, he was like, all right, like kind of erase that for now. We'll, we'll sit on that later, but uh, you're here to pitch and you got to go out there again and do that. So uh, I was able to woosah a little bit and chill out. Eric, uh, Craig said that it seemed like you got better as the game went on, um, and especially coming down after the home run. Um, was it just a matter of command or confidence or, or timing? Um, is that is that fair to say that you, you felt that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt like I'd settled in quite nice after that uh, first inning. Uh, like I said, it was kind of, it was a lot of nerves and anxiety. I was kind of working myself up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like I got stronger throughout the game, kind of settled into a rhythm, settled into like a better mindset than like, holy crap. So, I mean, I thought, I, I thought, I, I thought I got stronger throughout the game. I wanted to keep pitching. I felt like I was in a good spot. Stuff started working better. So, uh, big part of it was just calming down a little bit. Eric, sometimes guys will play downplay um, pitching or playing against their former team. So, so was there some motivation there for you? Yeah, 
I mean, definitely. I It's a team that I really wanted to face. I respect a lot of those guys. I respect their whole lineup, really. It's a really good team. And, I mean, those are the teams that you really want to go out and, like, really show what you got because it's a it's a good lineup and from top to bottom. And, uh, obviously, there's a little background history with it, and that just adds to the – I wouldn't I wouldn't say pressure, but it adds to the the fun of it really. I, I had a lot of fun out there. Hey, just getting just getting a home run against your former team, just how just how did that feel and just did that kind of add to just the sweetness of your first career home run? It, it definitely added to it, just being that team and actually being one of the guys that I came up with. And I mean, I, I think that'll always be a really good story just to, for both of us, just because I mean I texted him and I was like, hey man get the head out one time. I gave you fastballs. You gave me fastballs. That's why not? <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a cool story to have. And I think I'll always remember, I'll definitely always remember who it was. Hey Eric. So what was the trade something that was on your mind a lot today? And um, also I noticed that today, I think you threw a couple of pitches, you know, over 94, almost 95 miles an hour. Those are probably the hardest of, of your career actually. You kind of chalk that up to some of the nerves a little bit too, or is there something else there? Uh, I, I mean, I would say that's more, that was more me trying to put emphasis on my respect for the team and my respect for those guys in the box, just because like I knew, I knew I had to give it my all every pitch and I had to really lock it in. So um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was as much like I wanted to prove that we won the trade or anything. I don't, I don't think that's really going to be decided off of one game. I think that that, that it was a good performance and it was a good performance and it's a really good team. So I'm happy about that. I think, I think that's something to be proud of for everybody. So take it. Yeah. He, there he is, Eric Lauer. And he did, uh, he did pitch night quite nice tonight. Six innings kept the team in the ball game. There's a, it goes into my list here of wasted days and wasted nights. And this was one of them that the offense just couldn't, couldn't come up with a, with, a, with a big hit here. Again, it didn't even have to be a big hit even. Just a, a base hit could have gotten the Brewers the victory. But a wasted performance, six innings, just the one run allowed. Uh, they've got to go back at it tomorrow to earn a split. And you, you just keep waiting for the offense, waiting and waiting. The offense had been doing a little bit better outside of yesterday and today. But uh, just the two hits in a run yesterday, what, five hits and just one run? Got to score. You got to find ways to score more runs, that's for sure. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Tim Allen. There's Evan Heffelfinger, 10 innings, 2-1. to We'll take a look at uh, tomorrow's matchup here in game four, this four-game set. We'll be right back. 12.50 a.m. The Fan and Odyssey Station. What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On The Fan. Well, now that the dust has settled, we can all take a deep breath and just relax a little bit. We've vented. We've had some therapy tonight. We've talked about situational decisions in the game, the ultimate game of situations, and that's called Major League Baseball. So we, we've uh, chilled a little bit. We've uh, hit the relax button, 
And now that's, uh, again, need I remind everybody, uh, it's one of the good things about baseball is that uh, you get tomorrow. <laughs> it's not it's it's not over now uh, 24 and 25 after the 2-1 loss they're going to need a win tomorrow this would have been a huge win but if they get it tomorrow they earn the split in the four game set against the San Diego Padres and it's going to have to be uh, with the bats and uh, through the arm of Adrian Hauser and I will say before we check the numbers Evan it's a pretty big start for Adrian Hauser. He definitely needs a bounce back outing. His last few uh, performances uh, have not been good. Pretty important start for the Brewers' right-hander. Yeah, he really needs to get back on track. Adrian Hauser will be matched up with the rookie phenom, former seventh overall pick, Ryan Weathers, a left-handed pitcher who on the season is 2-1 and one with a 1.48 ERA at only 21 years old, man, that Padres rotation is ridiculous, just like this Brewers rotation. Hauser going into the start, a 3-5 and five record, a 4.53 ERA, and man, does he need to bounce back. He does, and, and uh, really, what if you want to go four wide, four deep, um, he needs that, that ERA uh, realistically around that 3.5 to 3.7 mark. I think would be a good good projection for Adrian Hauser throughout the season. I you know don't want to limit him him to that, but I w- I will say that he will make this uh, starting rotation look just phenomenal if he can be at at around that three and a half. Now, lefty on the hill for the San Diego Padres tomorrow. I, I would say get ready for a funky lineup. I don't think you're going to see Omar Narvaez. I don't think you're going to see Travis Shaw. I don't know if you're going to see Christian Yelich. Colton Wong's probably due for a day off. You could see a jacked up lineup tomorrow, and I'm not kidding you. Uh, hopefully, Avi Garcia is going to be back in there. Um, maybe the back acting up, but it'd be a nice uh, spot start for him against the lefty because. I say spot start because there's no reason that uh, Lorenzo Cain and Avi Garcia shouldn't be in the outfield every day. And Jackie Bradley Jr. needs to be that fourth outfielder. Starts maybe once a week or so. Maybe twice a week. Maybe. Does that sound about right, Evan? Is that the way you'd play JBJ? Yeah. At this point, if he's going to continue to hit 150... I would prefer maybe once a week. Yep, that's a, that's one. Or you know, double switch. Uh, maybe if the matchup looks good late in the game, whatever. His so, defense has still been good, so yeah, sure, why not? Let him be a defensive replacement in the eighth inning. Yep, and and we know he's got to hit better than this. My goodness, wow. Okay, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, uh, after the last pitch tomorrow, make the switch, as you've been doing for sixteen years, and we can talk some more and vent a little bit more who knows lord only knows what's going to be within the next brewers baseball game but we're definitely going to be talking about a Pella windows and doors of wisconsin post game show driven by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove for evan heffelfinger indeed that's his name and it's a real one not a made made up fake radio name evan heffelfinger 
Uh, my name is Tim Allen. You guys, uh, you guys have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow afternoon after the ball game. And despite the outcome, try to smile. Milwaukee, the world will smile back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.